All right, everybody, welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. If you enjoy what, the content I cover, if you enjoy the, the subjects and the overall information I'm able to provide on a, on a semi-daily basis, please subscribe to the podcast, drop a rating. Everything's much, much appreciated. And with that getting started, as we always do around the world section, a little bit of a longer one today in general for things. But overall, we're going to get right to it. Game four of the NBA Finals starts tonight. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting matchup to see what happens between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Boston's looking to go up three games to one to put this series on the brink of elimination. Golden State's looking to even up the series, take this back to Golden State in the Bay Area, and try and make this a longer series in general. I'm expecting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford to lead the charge for Boston. I am picking Boston to win this game. If they do, I believe this this uh, this entire series is done by maximum six games. But overall, go Celtics. Day one of the LIV Golf Tournament in Saudi Arabia was today. Uh, interesting fact I saw yesterday: over a hundred thousand views for day one of the uh, of the LIV tournament. Good thing to see. They have paid a lot of money. $200 million was given to Phil Mickelson. However much money he has to spend on that for a sports gambling is a different conversation for a different day. But uh, congrats to him for getting that, that, that cheddar and that bread. Jack Del Rio fined $100,000 for his comments regarding the January 6th uh, incident. All the money that is from the money from that fine, $100,000 will be donated to the U.S. Capitol Police Memorial Fund. Uh, I'm really liking to see what's going on from Roger, how the NFL was using that money to put into good funds, good programs, and good things in general for, for the communities and all those who were affected by such a tragic accident and tragic event. Raiders extended Hunter Renfro yesterday. Two years, $23 million. Good amount of money for Hunter Renfro. Good player coming out of Clemson. He had a, he's coming off of a nine-touchdown season last year, so happy to see he got a nice extension yesterday. Good for the Raiders. Good for Devontae to have a nice running uh, running partner out there in the, in the wide receiver field. Good for Derek Carr. Good for all people included. Good for, for Darren Waller. I expect Darren Waller will probably be the next one to, to get extended. And uh, interesting enough, this morning, something came out about the Forbes list. Tiger Woods joins only Michael Jordan and LeBron James as the athletes that are officially on the billionaire list through Forbes. So congratulations to, to, to Tiger Woods and all of his accomplishments and his and his lengthy career. University of Central Florida, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU will be joining the one and only Big 12 Conference next summer. And very uh, very exciting news when it comes towards the Big 12 in general. This has been a growing conference, budding superstars coming out of it on a on if not a yearly basis, semi annual excuse me semi yearly basis. So I'd be curious to see what's going on with that in general. It's a good conference, good players, good coaches. They did lose a little bit this year due to uh, the musical chairs that's been going on uh, with the open portal and the portal conference and the ability for people to lose or move from different conferences and colleges. So congrats to all those schools for joining the Big Han Show. Good for football. Curious to see what happens with, with the Pac-12, if they're able to kind of make a response or a counter move to that. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to that. And we're going to end the ATW section with the congratulations, as I don't want to say because I'm a Mariners fan, to the Los Angeles Angels for finally snapping their 14-game losing streak behind the efforts of one and only Shohei Otani. 
who had not only the hardest hit pitch, but the hardest thrown pitch yesterday. He is an absolute miracle of a man when it comes to baseball. Mariners, here we go. We start off the longest homestand of the year today. Marco Gonzalez versus Rich Hill at 7-10. Two crafty lefties are going to take the battle. I'm really hoping to see Marco show up, you know, kind of be his crafty self, use that cutter on the hands, use that sinker away. His changeup has been his biggest pitch, most effective pitch this year. Be hoping to see he can step up onto the mound, take, you know, put this beating back to Boston that they gave us a couple of weeks ago. That was a horrible, awful series in general. So really curious to see what we can show up tonight. Let's get the electric factory pumping up. Like I said, this is the longest homestand of the season, 11 games. Uh, we have Red Sox, Angels, Twins coming into town. It's going to be phenomenal. I will be there Monday uh, taking some takeaways, and I will have that on Tuesday's podcast. Mina Kimes of ESPN is going to throw out the first pitch tonight. Congratulations to Mina Kimes. She does a fantastic job covering all Seattle sports and for her role on the ESPN crew. Congrats to Mina. Mike Ford, uh, infamous Mariner legend Mike Ford, who did nothing for us, was claimed by the Atlanta Braves today. So congrats to him for allowing him to continue his career. I wasn't overly shocked by it. He's just going to be kind of a jag, just another guy. So congrats to Mike Ford for getting that ability to be done. And we got a lengthy uh, Seahawks section today. I touched on day one of mini camp takeaways. This is going to be day two. We're going to start off with the, with the presser from Pete Carroll, who said, and I quote, this is the fastest team we've ever had. I love that right now. The NFL is so heavily based upon speed and how fast you're able to move around and match coverages. And these athletes are just getting faster, quicker, stronger, bigger, more athletic. And when it comes down to guys like Tariq Wolin and Sidney Jones and uh, Boye Mafe, who I'm going to touch on a little bit later inside of this section, we have a lot of speed. Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton. This team's got a lot of athleticism. It's very quick. This whole uh, this whole dynamic shift we went from the 4-3 to a 3-4 with Clint Hurt is going to be a big-time thing to pay attention to when it comes to overall production on the field, the efficiency of the defense. I like the, I like the tenacity. I like the aggression. I like the intelligence. I like our scheme change. I like how we're going to play sticky too to the receivers. We're not playing spot drop. We're going to be playing zone match, which for those who don't know about, about that, I will be covering that in an upcoming podcast as to what that means because that's about a whole you know, 20-minute conversation to explain that out. And in general, Pete Carroll mentioned a couple rookies who came into minicamp and just quite frankly were not in the shape he was wanting them to be in, which is obviously a big problem. He talked about Dariq Young, Ken Walker, Bo Melton, and Tyreek Smith just simply not coming into camp in shape, which is not an, it's not an excused or excusable action. You're a professional athlete. You were drafted for a professional franchise. You have a job to do. You know your body is how you make your money. And if you don't show up in pristine condition, it's not exactly a good show of faith to the franchise that just drafted you because they so specifically selected you for specific roles on this team. So with that being said, guys, those guys, those four, those four guys I mentioned, you gotta show up, you gotta get back in shape, you gotta do whatever you gotta do. You need to run your tail off, get, get those legs ready, get, get those lungs ready. We need you to be fast, we need you to be explosive, especially specifically and exceptionally for Ken Walker. Because Ken Walker, I truly believe, is going to be the future of our running back group. Penny, if you can stay healthy, God bless you. Knock on wood. But I mean, you got to just find a way to get on the field and stay on the field. 
He looks in great shape. I was really impressed with, with how he's seen throughout minicamp. He took off OTAs just to get, make himself uh, get 100% to be ready for minicamp. He's looked awesome. He looks leaner. He says it's the healthiest he's been his entire career, which makes sense because he's been rehabbing from injuries for the, you know, the major duration of his time with the Seattle Seahawks. But we saw what he could do last year in a short sample size. So I hope that Rashad Penny can pick up right where he left off last season. Penny Hart had multiple good catches on the sidelines yesterday. He continues to be a good third option for both Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Still to this uh, current through practice, Drew Locke is still a step behind Geno Smith, which isn't a surprise to anybody due to the fact that Geno's been in our system. He knows what Shane Waldron's asking for. He knows the overall plays. He knows how to you know, command the huddle. Not saying that uh, Drew Locke doesn't know how to command the huddle. Drew Locke's looked really good outside of the pocket. Good runability. You know, better foot. Good, uh, excuse me, better fit, uh, foot placement in general when it comes to overall deep throws. Lining up his feet. You know, lining his shoulders up with the, with that feet or with that footwork. It's so critical, especially to the quarterback position. Because his problem back in Denver was accuracy. You can have all the arm in the world, or all the arm strength in the world. If I can talk today, that'd be fantastic. But like I touched on the last podcast, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, even Aaron Rodgers. Like these guys had to learn a way to control the big arm. You got the biggest arm in the world, but if you can't control it, it doesn't do you any kind of dang good. So I hope he can figure it out. I hope he you know, puts his you know, nose down to the grindstone for bare lack of a term, figures out a way to, to get it done because I think this is going to be a very heated quarterback battle all the way through training camp. I hope, hope, hope or I thought the next month, but it doesn't make any sense to me for, for the timeline of DK uh, Metcalf's contract extension. If it's, I think if it's going to get done, it's going to be right around the same time Jamal Adams got his last year, which was right in the beginning or in the middle of training camp. So with that being said, I hope that gets done. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you want to do. Rub your, you know, the, the Buddhist tummy, whatever, you know, you do to have some good vibes. Get the good vibes. We need DK inside the building. He's a leader. He is a massive, beautiful man. And we need him on the football field. And to have that attention away from Tyler Lockett and get those reps with Drew Locke that he has not been able to have really due to the fact he's been rehabbing from his foot surgery in Southern California. Sidney Jones and Josh Jones making multiple pass deflections yesterday in practice. They continue to be very active when it comes to overall routes, you know, trying to not so much jump routes, but just being like I touched on earlier, being really sticky to the receiver, not giving him a whole lot of extra play room. Guys like Tyler Lockett, Penny Hart have looked really good when it comes to be able to shake those DBs off. But seeing what this new system of Clint Hurt has come and what it's bringing with it is showing some good promise, especially from veteran savvy players. Uh, Tariq Wollin looks like a raptor. I have never seen a DB look like him, run like him. He's built just different. He, he just You don't see a six foot five corner with four two six speed just running up and down all over the place. His arm, his arm length is what's really bothering the wide receivers. Technically, they're not supposed to be doing any kind of bump and run coverages or routes in mini, uh, in mini camp. That's all training camp. But overall, I love what I'm seeing from Woolen. He's been able to get his hamstring stuff figured out. He's been on, on the football field consistently, and he's really shown out to Pete Carroll and Clint Hurd that this kid can get it done. 
I've been super, super excited to see you when it comes to Kobe Bryant. I think this kid's gonna start week one. He has learned the playbook very quickly. He's shown a lot of promise when it comes to his, ded his dedication to learning that playbook, figuring out his place and his role in this defense, knowing what they're asking of him and, and doing it and performing it at a very high level. Pete uh, referenced rookie Boye Mafe heavily in his press conference yesterday. You know, his stats from uh, college and his measurables and everything are so scary close to Cliff Averill. And his overall tenacity, his speed, his explosion, his football IQ. This kid is a sponge and he's priding himself on being a sponge. He's showing up to work every single day just doing one thing, focusing on one thing. Getting better at one aspect of, of his game every single day. Which is what you, all you can ask for, especially with how raw this, this kid is in general. He's a very good, well-liked person inside of this locker room already. He's earning his respect. He works hard. He keeps his body in shape. He's going to every lifting session. He's going to every practice session. He's going to every single, you know, not even uh, mandatory uh, film camp. And he's looking at any ability he can to be as good of a player and as impactful of, of a player for this team in his rookie year as he can. So I'm really excited about this kid. I really feel like he could be a difference maker when it comes to an edge rusher presence that we need. Bringing back that NASCAR package like we used to have with Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Chris Clemens, and that whole crew. It's a vital part of how we used to be the Seattle Seahawks. And they're really getting back to their roots and their brass tacks of attacking the, attacking the quarterback, being tenacious, using heavy hands, explosiveness on the inside, the defensive tackle group looks awesome. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of LJ Collier. I didn't think I'd ever be seeing that. He's at 297 pounds, and he looks yoked. I don't know what they told him in the offseason. They didn't really have an option to not pick up his fifth-year option due to the fact that they did sign him. But overall, he looks night and day different. I think this 3-4 scheme just benefits him so much more in general when it comes out to his natural ability, his skill set, what his best things are in general, and using it to the, to the biggest advantage when it comes to this defense. Because he played seven, over seven games last year. He was a no-show. He was a healthy scratch. We can't be having that this year. LJ, we got a lot of stock in you, big guy. Quentin Jefferson, your, your spot on this roster is not guaranteed. Yes, we gave you a two-year deal, but there's a lot of kids that are young, Hungry, Alton Robinson, I think is going to have a big year this year. He's going to fight for a spot. There's a lot of kids showing up that are wanting to play some ball. So I'll be keeping an eye on the, on the defensive tackle group. Due to the fact that the 3-4 scheme, you're going to see a lot of defensive ends playing in at the defensive tackle. Besides for guys like uh, Monet, Al Woods, uh, Puna Ford, and those big guys in the middle in general. Also Shelby Harris and part of the trade for Russell, Russell Wilson. Gabe Jackson is rehabbing from a knee uh, surgery right now. He will be uh, officially cleared and expected to be back either at the beginning of training camp or in the middle of training camp. The same thing goes for Ben Burkirvin, who's having a little bit of a scope done to remove some uh, scar tissue in his knee from his ACL surgery after he tore his ACL last year. John Radigan is dealing with a similar thing. He's not going to get a scope. He's just a little bit later behind because he tore his ACL in December, I do believe, if I remember correctly. But overall, many good things are coming along the pipeline for the Seahawks. I, I'm a, today's a little bit podcast. It's going to be a little bit shorter. Like I said, I'm still doing in the process of a move, so I want to give you guys some content 
before the weekend starts. I'm going to be covering everything that happened this weekend. I hope it's going to be a fantastic series against the Boston Red Sox. We need to, re we need to reverse the beatdown that they gave to us. Marco, be the bulldog. Bust off that, bust off that chain. Grab that Gonzaga you know, swag, you know, that dad bod strength. And let's go ahead and beat these Boston Red Sox and send them back to where they came from. And with that being said, everybody, if you enjoyed this content today, if you love the you know, overall content, if you want something different, please let me know in the comment section down below. I base my, uh, my podcast mostly off of what you guys are telling me, what you guys want me to cover. When it comes to the NHL offseason, I will be covering a little bit of the Kraken with the draft and the free agency and try and get familiar with certain names that are going to be available. But that's going to be for a different day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast and that this is your first time listening, if you enjoy it, please subscribe. Much appreciated. Drop me a rating. Let me know how I'm doing. And until always and next time, like I say every single time, ladies and gentlemen, see us rise.